building a company is a journey, you know, working hard and keeping focused in the right areas. And you pop through and you look back and you're like, I don't know how I got through that, but boy, am I glad I persevered. Right? So it's, yeah, the journey, the entrepreneurial path is a game of perseverance. I think that is probably the number one attribute a lot of entrepreneurs talk about when they're successful. And I certainly experienced that. Hey, welcome back to the show. And today we are so excited to have Trevor here because he's going he's gonna to help us understand why we're all wasting a lot of money in places that we shouldn't be and make it better for us. So Trevor, tell us who you are and what problem are you solving with your business? Hey, Todd. Thanks for having me. It's uh, great to be here. So my name is Trevor Testweed. I am the CEO and co-founder of a company called uh, Measured and where I have spent the, the bulk of my time, my professional time and where I spend most of my hours is I'm immersed in a category called marketing attribution. And uh, I've been living here for the last kind of 12 plus years working yeah. with brands to help them uh, inform the contribution of paid media to their business goals. So this company measured, we founded in February of 2017. So we're about six Love and it. a half years in and we're on a Love mission it. to help uh, brands unlock the power of incrementality measurement. And incrementality measurement uh, applied to, to media optimization is it's all we do. It's all we've ever done. It's why we exist. And, you know, when brands are spending money into Facebook and Google and TikTok yeah. uh, into a catalog, uh, we want to help them understand what is the true incremental marginal contribution that media is driving in a causal way uh, to business outcomes, right? Whether it's sales or subscriptions or whatever the goals are. Right, right. Yeah. And this is truthfully, this is an awesome topic to cover today because most of our guests, most of our listeners of this should be spending money on paid ads. If you're not spending money on paid ads, you should be because it is, it is the only like directly relatable thing you can find in your marketing that directly ties to a sale. And, and a lot of people balk on this because they don't know how to measure exactly what you're talking about. And, and I think attribution and attribution reporting is one of those things that so many people get wrong that they just get flustered with their ad spend and they don't know what to do with it. Why did you set out to start this company? I mean, is that it? I mean, is it, are people just having a hard time measuring what exactly is attributing to their net sales on the, on the internet? So that's, so that's right. Media can absolutely drive a, a meaningful contribution to their business goals, uh, but it's really important to understand how it is driving impact in an incremental way or a, a causal way. So when okay. you're fighting media through the platforms and you're in Google and you're in Facebook and you're in other platforms, the platforms are reporting back their own performance based on a last touch or a last view or a last click metric. Right. right? And they're all measuring right. themselves in their own isolated world. So Google will come back and they're gonna take 100% credit for every conversion they were in the path of. And Pinterest right. is gonna come back and say, hey, I'm gonna take 100% credit for that conversion because I was in the path. And Snap and Catalog and, and on down the line. So we help brands deduplicate that credit and gotcha. assign credit where credit is due based on the true influence that that yeah. media is driving. Because if you have, you know, a sequence of touch points that lead to a conversion, all of those touch points do not deserve 100% credit. There's some fractional contribution that they deserve. Right. 
the reality uh, today, given given the the privacy era that we now live in, and a lot of the sensitivity around user level data, is that uh, cohort based experimentation, test and control experimentation, yeah. is really the gold standard now in twenty twenty three for understanding contribution. And what we're doing is we're measuring the media buy, the campaign buy against the brand's transaction file and no longer dependent on the platform's conversion tracking, which is where you get a lot of the breakage. So that a lot of the brands will go in and they're incredibly frustrated with the platform reporting and Facebook and Google yeah. and on yeah. down the line. It's no, a real head scratcher and it's, 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 a, it's, it's a very meaningful investment that they're making on a monthly basis. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, the, the amount of money people are spending on ads is so significant that if you don't truly understand the attribution of where that lead came from, where that conversion came from, yeah, it's, it's a real crappy situation. And, and my guess is that, I don't know, 90 plus percent of companies spending money on multiple platforms have no idea where the traffic originated from and what actually drove that lead to a conversion. Am I that writing about shocking. that 90%? Yeah. You are, you are. And it is shocking the percentage of, of brands with very meaningful spends. I'm talking 5 million a year, 10 million a year, 20 million I know a year it. that are still decisioning on these last touch metrics. It is reckless, you know, and you have a lot of finance <laughs> folks out there uh, that are incredibly frustrated with it. And there's uh, oftentimes our biggest fan is the, the finance team when we step in because we speak the language of finance informing contribution. So yeah, it is, it's a head scratcher. There's a lot of inertia around these, these platform reported last touch metrics. They've been out in the wild for, you know, since the sure. first display ad in 96, sure. 97. And they're very easy to consume and adopt organizationally, and they've been institutionalized across all of these companies. So it is, it's a pretty big departure to move from this legacy metric uh, to now a much more intelligent metric. But we've seen time and time again when, when brands do and they yeah. institutionalize for us, it's an incremental metric. Um, you can see a pretty radical shift in performance for the business. So, so who is your client? Are you, are you looking for agencies? Are you looking for big spend brands? Are you looking for small spend? Like who should be looking for your product? Because in my mind, I see a lot of potential avatars out there, but sure. is there one specific yeah. that kind of drives the, the most value to you? So um, we are a neutral independent partner, right? So we want, we want to be untethered from anyone who has an incentive uh, to increase the, or decrease the media spend. And so gotcha. um, most all of our contracts, I think all of our contracts today, we have a hundred and roughly 35 clients today. And uh, everyone is direct with the brand. We work with the agencies very closely in partnership because often right. the agency is the consumer and they're the hands on keyboards and they're consuming our insight and sure, activating sure. on the optimization. So we work. They're making the decisions. You got it. That's right. Yeah. Uh, but, but I think, you know, by and large, our contracts are, are direct with uh, the, the brands and then we work in partnership with platforms and agencies. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So, so as you hit that avatar, like, do you feel like, and, and this, this is maybe unnecessary, but I'm kind of curious, you know, how, as you work with agencies, they've got to love your product because you're helping them drive more spend towards whatever vendors actually attributing the, you know, the, the sale to the lead flow. So how, how are you not 
kind of bundling that in more of a direct to uh, building agency plans versus going direct to these consumers because of the size of the, are, are you dealing primarily enterprise level clients? Yeah, good question. So we work uh, mid-market and enterprise. So okay. kind of an entry point for us today. And, and at some point we will probably push further down market, but today the yeah. smallest clients that we're taking on are spending north of $5 million in total media spend for the year. Gotcha. And we have a lot of brands that, that are spending, you know, 50 million, you know, five, 10, 50, even a hundred million. We're not working today with like the Verizons and the GMs. We're kind of one level below, below gotcha. them. But um, I, more often than not, the agency is a very uh, great full partner that, that sure. uh, we engage with. And, and, sure. and it's a very positive relationship, but listen, we are neutral and our entire goal here is to inform optimal spend and you know media right. isn't always winning right there are certainly cases where we want to you know turn down uh, a media channel a campaign or a tactic and dial right. up another media channel or, or or tactic and there's winners and losers and if there's an agency that is concentrated on that loser campaign for example maybe it's a direct mail or a catalog campaign which is a very expensive execution we often find the catalog sure. works well but in some cases maybe it doesn't at the level of spend a client is, we want to dial that down. So, right. you know, right. more often than not, they appreciate us every once in a while, if their specific channel um, is, is, is dialing down a spend as a result of our measurement and reporting, maybe they're yeah. not our biggest fan at that point. Yeah. Just a few seconds to let you know about a project that we've been putting together for the last several months, and we're finally launching it called the Captain's Council. You see, as a CEO or operator, of a business, it can feel like you get stuck in your own head a lot of the time. You get challenges that you don't know how to resolve, you get people causing problems in your leadership team that you don't know how to resolve, and it's so hard to overcome those things by yourself. You don't have to anymore. Join the Captain's Council. Captain's Council is a group of other CEOs and operators and owners of businesses where we come together once a month for several hours to discuss the biggest challenges you're facing. You express to the council of eight to 10 people about what's going on, where do you feel stuck? And these other people are in the same boat as you. They're running and operating their own businesses. They're your peers. They help you kind of dissect what's happening and help you see things that you may not have seen all by yourself. If you don't have a good, strong network of people around you, come join the Captain's Council. This is gonna be something that will change the way you run your business and open your eyes to opportunities that you have never seen without the help of your peer group. Come check it out, captainscouncil.com. That's cool. No, it's very cool. And obviously, you know, it's, it's listen, I, I applaud people that go straight for enterprise and that, that mid-level to enterprise marketplace because they are the companies with the most spend and they're gonna they're gonna give you the most profitability, obviously. But is there are there solutions for the smaller companies? Because a lot of people we're talking to today are in that, you know, five to fifty million in revenue, not mm -hmm. five to fifty million in, yeah. in ad spend. What yep. kind of solutions or what kind of things should they be thinking about as they're getting confused in their ad spend right now, trying to grow and build? Sure. So at the smaller stage, and we have worked with brands further down market. So an example there would be like Faraday brand. We started working with Faraday, I think six years ago, and cool. they were, they were, they, they were not hitting that $5 million annual mark and quite a bit smaller than that. And, 
And right. a lot of times early on, a brand will get really good at one channel or maybe two channels and they will ride Facebook or they will ride yeah, non-branded yeah. search, right? Or they right, ride right, catalog. Right. And you're really good at activating that channel to, uh, to help drive the business. So, you know, you want to push that, that one channel uh, to a point right. of diminishing returns, understand where that is, and then start right. to diversify in, into the second channel. But you don't want to get too diversified too early. Find the channel or two or maybe three that work best for you and really get good at, at That's great those, advice. Those, yes. Yeah. You know, that really is great advice because, you know, as much as we all want to have multiple touch points in every platform, yeah. it really is kind of stupid. <laughs> I mean, listen, our brands generally, when you're below those revenue numbers, it, it can be hard to really nail down the messaging, to nail down the what's going to drive a click through. There's yes. so much to think about. And, and you really are dealing with sophisticated ad buyers who know what's going to drive traffic and what's going to lead to a conversion. So very interesting model. Very cool company, man. I love it. Thank you. Yeah, they don't always show up that way. You, I, will, I will tell you, you can't correlate spend with sophistication. Sometimes you see the smaller, scrappy, very sophisticated, and sometimes you've got <laughs> really true. big kind of cruise ship <laughs> bloated spenders and aren't as sophisticated. Yes. <laughs> Just right. blasting That's everywhere. Right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I get it. I get it. No, this is a really, really cool product. I love the solution you're solving. And uh, listen... Now that we know about what your company does and who you serve, talk to us about your journey because, you know, did it start with enterprise? I mean, did you, did you take off from an agency where you were doing this kind of work for people? I mean, how did the origination kind of happen into this? And what are some significant things you've done along the way to kind of isolate your avatar and know who you want to serve? Yeah, I think, you know, here at Measured, um, the journey started in February 2017, and, and uh, we, we started really in co-development with a, a couple clients that uh, we were keen to understanding the pain that they were experiencing and how incrementality could line up to solve for that pain in a significant way. And um, we, uh, you, can, you, can, you can, on a, on a scale basis, you can move the needle you know, a lot more on a $10 million spend than you can say, let's say a hundred thousand dollars spend. Right. And so when we show up and sure. on average, we sure. like to set a minimum of a, a 25, 20 to 25% efficiency gain. And on $10 million, it's a lot more meaningful to a CFO or, you know, a company than, a, than, yeah, no kidding. So we, you know, in my, my career, I've spent a lot of time right. um, with the enterprise or, or mid market. And so it's uh, more of a, a, a place of comfort. And so we started right. building out with, uh, with that segment and having a lot of success and seeing the wins and, and then got socialized into kind of that peer group and largely started with the fashion segment. I mentioned gotcha. Verity. There's a brand called Johnny was, was an early client. Um, you know, a brand like Viore, one of gotcha. my favorite brands is a, uh, is a great client. We've had a lot of success with them, but kind of that, that cohort. Yeah. Cool. Cool. No, it's very cool. And I, I like how you referenced the uh, socialization amongst, um, you know, the brands that you're working with. It, it is nice to have a, uh, a brand, by the way, I, I love the branding that you've done with your company. Uh, measured is such a valuable term. <laughs> I, I got to think that's a high ticket keyword to spend on but i mean it's a great word to represent your entire what you do for companies and so i love your 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 whole thing all the way through your website's fantastic for those of you that can't that aren't really in the range of working with measured 
you do have some valuable resources on there. Like you've done a good job of trying to educate people on why this is so important, what measured means when it comes to ad ad buying. Tell us what where did you learn these lessons of of it sounds like you you worked with someone before working in enterprise level markets and that's how you jumped in. A lot of people are pretty nervous about jumping in enterprise servicing that market as a startup. How do you advise people? What what kind of recommendations to give people uh, to to make that leap? Stop working with these tiny tiny revenue numbers and start jumping into some bigger bigger fields of play. I think it's just being very kind of self aware and and clear on where you can drive the most value. Uh, for me, it it all comes back to value creation with with our clients and. Right. You know, the conversations right. that get me most juiced up is when clients come to me with customer success stories and tell me about how they really moved the needle with their business or got their marketing practice on track. I had a client tell me a few months ago that anchored on Measures platform, they were able to course correct their marketing practice and eventually got public as a result of that. And, wow. you know, it's the, those wow. kind of endorsements and accolades that um, That's awesome. are, are most meaningful to me. So I think it's just a place of where we were, you know, most comfortable and, and felt like we could drive the most value. Yeah. I love it. Love it. I love it. And, and for those of you listening, you don't have to be 10 years into your company to go after an enterprise client. Like you can literally jump in from the start. If you, to, to, to the point here, when you know your value and the value that you bring to people, you can go for big clients. You can ask those big numbers because if it makes sense, it makes sense. I mean, if you're saving the company money or helping them redirect wasted resources to someplace that's going to add more value to their business, they're going to praise you up and down for that. So Trevor, I think it's awesome what you've done. Um, what are some surprises? I mean, no business grows without some some surprise headaches and some some things that really drove them crazy. What are some of those things? Talk to us about some challenges. Oh, man. Um, well, you know, building a company is a journey, right? As, as, as everyone here <laughs> knows. And then you're often, as I say, living on kind of this razor's edge of kind of excitement and, and terror right at, at, at times. And, right. Right. You know, I, I think that, you know, over, I think, you know, over the last, how long have I been doing this? Maybe 12 years of being an entrepreneur. Um, I've learned to yeah. appreciate and, and enjoy the journey and, you know, bring kind of the highs down and the, the lows up. Um, but right. it's, uh, you know, sometimes you feel like you're at a, a really difficult low and you can't see kind of through it. And, and it really, it's only a matter of Sucks. time and perseverance and, you know, working hard and keeping focus in the right areas. And you pop through and you look back and you're like, I don't know how I got through that, but boy, am I glad I persevered. <laughs> right. Seriously. So right. Yeah. The journey, the entrepreneurial path is a game of perseverance. I think that is probably the number one attribute. A lot of entrepreneurs talk about when they're successful and I certainly experienced that. Right. So it's, did, yeah. did you, do you have people to lean on? I mean, you know, yeah. honestly, like I, I feel like I don't, I don't know a single founder or even, even a CEO that takes over business, you get in those ruts yeah. where you're just like, what the crap is going yeah. on? Like, this just isn't making sense. This wasn't on my whiteboard yeah. a few months ago. Yes. No, absolutely. And Do you lean on somebody or, or a group or a person or what's kind of your, Exit. I, Is it just yeah. perseverance? I know. I absolutely do. And it's really, it's a collection of people. And, 
you know, on my team, I've got a couple of lieutenants who have been really terrific partners to me that, that I've leaned on and gone to right. war with and, you know, people that I've locked arms with and there's no way I'd be able to get through it kind of without, when I look back, I'm like, I wouldn't be able to do this without right. them. So I think the, the, the partnership right. internally is incredibly important. Uh, and then I have a collection right. of advisors, right, from different aspects cool. uh, that I look for counsel. Um, I have a coach and I've learned to appreciate the coaching practice. Love that. Who um, yeah, holds me accountable that. and challenges me and, and is a really, really great thought partner. And, and uh, I found that to be worth the valuable time that I spend on it. Um, I'm Love also it. very fortunate. I've, I found a terrific uh, investor partner and, and board member. A lot of entrepreneurs struggle with uh, landing the right investor. I've been extremely fortunate and I brought on an investor by the name of Telescope and board member named Mickey. And awesome. he, has, he has earned my trust and he has been terrific counsel and uh, a really fantastic partner to me since I've worked with him over the last year and a yeah. half. Yeah. And balance, talk about that for a second, because you know, I find that a lot of people get really nervous about raising money to the point to where they just don't. And yeah. myself being one of those guys, yeah. every time I've raised, I've raised money a few times and yeah. been burned so bad. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I get nervous just thinking about raising money. I've had Tell some us big about challenges. Your, that, yeah. that experience. It's, oh, yeah. it's a no, huge I, deal to get it right. It's, it's very difficult. And, and I've had other experiences that were more similar to, uh, to yours. And as a result, yeah. Um, we bootstrapped this business for the first five years. I did not raise any money love it. And until love you it. Know, five years into the business. And eventually, you know, what happened is I got to the point of, I was in December, 2021. I had over hundred yeah. employees. I had 90 clients and the weight of responsibility that I felt was daunting. I held yes. all the risk. Right. And yeah. so you're the feeding all those families. That's right. All the families I was responsible for. And so the responsible thing for me to do was to go and de-risk, uh, de-risk the business and pour, you know, concrete into the foundation of my company. And so yeah. Yeah. I went out skeptical and had a lot of conversations and, and was just very honest about some of the challenging experiences I had in the past and eventually right. got to a point where I made a bet right is a leap of faith and you get as close as you can to having all the information that you really don't know until you get on the field but what you can no, do you is don't. you can talk to all the other ceos in in, in yeah. the port codes that they work with and you can collect a bunch of you know triangulation and reference sure. checks and then you make you make the leap of faith and and man, i got as much information as i could i took the leap and i i, I got lucky but yeah, many, many of us have had very difficult experiences. And I will tell you that you can have yeah. a terrific experience as well. And that's now been proven to me. Yeah. So happy to hear that. So happy to hear that. And, and for those of you listening, you know, you really gotta, <laughs> it's a risk to start a business. It's a risk to raise money. But I love the fact, Trevor, that you took this thing five years, bootstrapped, 100 employees, lots of revenue, lots of great clients before you even did that move. I think that's so important. You know, and and talking with a lot of people that do do invest in businesses like yours, you know, it says so much to them when they know that you're a capable leader and that your product has fit. You know, it's just it's a huge difference to come five years in than it is to come pre revenue looking for, you know, tons of money with with as little equity as you can give away, and you got nothing there. <laughs> you know, it's a yeah. totally different totally different journey that you've just taken us down. Thanks for sharing that. It's a very different conversation for the entrepreneur when you check oh, yeah. all the boxes 
And now you have all the leverage as opposed to when you're early on, you don't have product market fit and you really haven't proven the business. Um, you don't have any of the leverage. So for me, it's totally. I've done it both ways. And, and uh, I, I would, I would bootstrap it as long as you can until you've really Love got it. the formula and you've proved it and, and then raise institutional money. When, when you've got you know, and, and thanks for sharing that burden <laughs> because a lot of people go without saying it out loud that yeah. Holy crap, it just, it weighs on you. I, oh, yeah. I can remember having 350 employees on in multiple countries in different islands, different cities in the U S and thinking, Oh my gosh, Oh my gosh, I've got all these eggs in like three clients buckets right now. And yeah. if, if any one of them fail, I got to send families home without money, <laughs> you know, and, and that burden is hard to describe to people. Yeah. And, uh, but it's shared whether you got five employees or 300 or a thousand, that burden is definitely there all the time. So, so you raise some money. What other tips and advice have you got for people that are kind of, uh, you know, just in closing, what, what do you have to help people who are in the stage you're in where you're, you're, you're obviously having some success. How do you find that next stage? Where, Where do you get into that? Yeah. So, um, stage is interesting, right? Cause there's, there's different stages. There's an evolution as you're kind of maturing through, uh, your, your life cycle, the business. Um, um, yeah. one of, one of the challenges that, that I have faced as we've grown this from a very scrappy young company to now really kind of professionalizing our execution sure. is there are dimensions of the business that I really enjoy working in kind of in, in an IC role, right? And so the challenge that I've worked with my coach on is, is elevating from someone who's working in the business, in the trenches, doing kind of IC yeah. work to elevating up and working on the business and working of closely course. with my yeah. team at skip levels, right? To execute yeah. on, on the plan. And where I've arrived on that is that it's really important for me to carve out some percentage of my week and be clear with my team on there's the business that I'm going to continue to work in. And for me, that's yeah. having the client conversations. It's speaking to prospects is being out on the front lines. And you right. know, I carve out a meaningful portion of my time to do that because it's what fills my tank and it juices me up to come back sure. and, and work across sure. the rest of the business. So I, I guess one piece of advice is, is don't, don't apologize for that. There's nothing wrong with continuing to, you know, work, you know, in the business in some dimension, no matter how big your company gets, right? For sure. Yeah, as you professionalize, yeah. everyone, you kind of elevate up out and, 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 and I don't think you have to do that. Yeah. I love it. Totally. Love it. Yeah. Trevor, that's awesome advice. I, I love that. This has been a great interview. And for those of you listening, you know, you pay attention to Trevor. I, if you fit in the range where he's looking at in terms of client avatar, definitely go take a look whether you whether you are or not go take a look at his site you know such great information great calls to action um i'm sure that you're driving good ad revenue to your site because that is what you do but like truthfully go there to learn because i think trevor's full of information that he's being very humble about in trying to help you know that there's good money to spend and there's bad money to spend and no matter what size your business is in be thinking about your strategy. I love your advice of honing in on one core platform. Make that one work. 
until you get to a certain revenue number, then talk about diversifying into multiple platforms. I think that's great advice. And uh, when you are ready to diversify, get into bigger plays. Trevor's your man. Trevor, <laughs> thanks so much for being here, buddy. Thanks so much for having me, Todd. It's great to be here. Appreciate your time. All right. We'll see the rest of you on the next episode. Hey, what did you think of that? Honestly, what a cool business. What a cool model. And I love the fact that he grew and grew until he knew that he needed some help alleviating some burden to get to that next growth stage. If you don't understand your growth stages, you need to understand them. If you don't understand when to raise money, you know, there's a lot of opinions out there. But in my opinion, don't raise money until you have good product fit and you've got a good team behind you to support your growth. If you've got those two things, then go for it. Go raise some money. Go buy that extra equipment. Go build that extra thing you need to build your company stronger because raising money can be one of the best decisions you make in your life, alleviates so much stress, and helps you really get to that next level if you do it strategically. So if that's you, check it out. If you are needing community, someone to lean on, like Trevor was talking about, you've got to have those people to lean on. And in my opinion, the best people are found in Captain's Council. Check out the captainscouncil.com. It is where all the greatest leaders are at. If you want to meet and, and talk with a close peer group of people who are in the same position you are, they're in that growth mode. They're not in startup mode. They're people who are making key decisions right now of how to get to that next stage of growth check out captainscouncil.com. Other leaders connected to you in a small, intimate peer group of eight to 12 people were in that group. You talk about your KPIs, the things you wanna accomplish this month. You're held accountable to things and you build camaraderie with people who are literally in the same waters as you, trying to navigate their journey through their business growth. So check it out. Thanks for hopping in and we'll see you on the next episode of the Growth and Scaling Podcast or find your home in the Captain's Council. We'll see you there.